0: Breaking all the lights on the doors. and I ain't no ceilings. we came in through the
1: top floor. You're listening to Feminist Killjoys, PhD, in our feminism, pop culture, and politics, as discussed by two professional killjoys. I'm Rachel. And I'm Melody.
2: And today we'll be discussing slut shaming, uh, what it is, how we can stop it, and we'll get help in defining it and talking about those strategies with a very special guest we have nyc girl scout lizzie with us today uh lizzie has an amazing uh campaign that she's doing through her her role as a girl scout apparently the girl scouts do fucking badass stuff like have campaigns against slut shaming uh and she that's what she's doing so we're going to talk to her about it and uh we're so excited to, to interview her First, Melody, where can our listeners find us on the Internet?
1: Well, Rachel, thanks for asking. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or any of your favorite podcast listening apps. Um, but make sure to go to iTunes and leave us a review. We have an Instagram account, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, you can check out our Ph.D., Feminist Killjoys Ph.D. mixtape that Rachel put together on Spotify. Um, and if you have some extra dollars and want to support feminist media labor, You can leave us a donation on our website, which is feministkilljoyspodcast.com, or we do have a Patreon account set up as well. Um, And we also have an email account, fkj.phd at gmail.com. And if you are interested in sending us some, like, you know, detailed feedback, or you have questions about, um, possible guests on the show, if you could just email us instead of Facebook messenger us, that would be great. I know everybody loves to Facebook messenger, but if we could just go back to 2004 and send us an email, that would just be helpful for our, um, our management team, which mm-hmm. is uh, just us. us. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, also, yeah, I wanted to just do another shout out for, um, Donating because I've been noticing that some of our um, feminist podcasts that we listen to, which will be unnamed, um, have been starting to do advertising to um, make money for the time that they're using, which, of course, is like valuable and money should be coming in. But some of these podcasts are becoming, I swear, like 30 percent ads and 70 percent content. And it's just going to keep going up like It is on network TV. So we are, um, we have never really discussed having advertisements, um, but uh, we do um, need money to keep this thing rolling. Uh, And so I just wanted to um, give another push for that. And so, and thank you so much for our recent donations. E-postcards and regular old postcards will be coming your way. I'm behind on a few, so I apologize, but um, I have you on my list. And um, we do not want to create 30% content of advertisements. So um, that's all. That's my little plug. Yeah. Do you want to say anything about that, Rachel? No,
2: not, not, not about um, that. I just echo everything that you said. And uh, just want to give like another shout out to just our listeners, whether they um, financially support us or support us other ways. Um, we're continuing to get uh, really great emails uh, we just had a really um, wonderful email exchange that um, with a, with another listener uh, named Janie shout out Janie uh, and it's and it's just it's just been great to connect so so we appreciate your support and always um, monetary is obviously wonderful iTunes reviews is obviously wonderful we've been getting more of those as well um, but yeah so just 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 we we love that we have listeners and that, that's all
1: mm-hmm yeah, right. well we both have really sexy raspy voices. So you want to tell <laughs> me why you got one, Rachel? <laughs> uh
2: yeah, we're recording in the morning like kind of I basically basically just got out of bed. Um yeah, even though I mostly am a 31-year-old who acts like I don't know, a 55-year-old, even that doesn't seem that old to me anymore. But usually I'm an old lady who goes to bed early and um you know doesn't have wild parties but we had a housewarming party last night and people were over till 2 in the morning which is bananas mm-hmm. and like shit that i did in my youth mm-hmm. um but hey you know we're, we were we were YOLOing uh and it was really fun so the house has been warmed officially um and i hear sorry i hope listeners you might be able to hear this dog barking in the background not my dog Um, but it's, but it's great. It was great to have, um, like my worlds collided. It was like, uh, work, college work friends, yoga work friends, um, my feminist book club friends and their friends and partners of those folks. And, um, so it was like a lovely, it was just lovely to see that in three very difficult years, I have actually amassed quite a, a wonderful crew of people here. So that was nice. Um, and yeah, so that's 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 basically my check-in. School's been uh, uh, up and down. It was, you know, another like every week, basically in the world. You know, um, black lives are 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 not uh, mattering enough. But this past week, you know, we had another um, bigger shooting in the news, and uh, two, and uh, so it's just always tense in the classroom. I think. F- for me to try to this goes back to our episode on vulnerability, um, for me to not get emotional when students don't seem to take that seriously. So um trying to like have conversations about race through you know, our theoretical texts that we're analyzing mm-hmm. and then have people be kind of dismissive of some of those concepts was was tough. So I had a little bit of a struggle this week um in, in the classroom, but but I but I have a really lovely community of uh, fellow teachers and people who care about that stuff and got to connect with people on Facebook and in person and talk through some things. So, you know, it's okay. Kind of. Anyway, what about you? Why is your voice raspy?
1: Because um, it's early. I don't know. Because I yeah. was up late. Um, <laughs> oh, we're up late because I'm a big Lynx fan and the Lynx are in the playoffs and – uh. We, there was like a semi-playoff game last night of like two other teams, and then we found out that the Lynx are going to be playing the Phoenix Mercury in the like, whatever, it doesn't matter the tiers, but this other big playoff game, but it's a game of like, or it's a series of five games. So the first two games are in Minnesota, but then the game that's, that might decide whether the Lynx go to like the ultra playoffs is going to be in Phoenix. So mm-hmm. Robert stayed up late and bought us tickets to Phoenix. <laughs> so oh, we can go nice. see The tickets were cheap. We're not rich. Um they're very cheap. Um Yeah. And um uh he found some tickets at the game to right behind the Lynx bench. So mm-hmm. we're going to go to Phoenix for a weekend and watch them. That's fantastic. Play. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Good. We were going to do that last year on a whim. And we didn't. And then we kicked ourselves because the game that we would have been at was like probably one of the best games in WNBA history. So yeah. we are just like, oh, and we love Phoenix. We have this weird affinity with Phoenix. So yeah, um, they have amazing vegan food. Oh my God. Shout yeah. out to green. Oh my God. Just bleh, so good. Yeah. Like, I will travel there just to eat. Yeah. Um, green f- vegan fast food.
2: So if any of our listeners are in Phoenix, shout out. Oh my God.
1: Let me go know. Green. I'll be there. Yeah. I'll be at green when I'm not at the game. So yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely give a, a hello. Well, um So that's why my voice is raspy. But also I got in a bike crash this weekend, which sucked. Yeah. And um, I'm totally fine. It was just, it's, it's really, it was really dumb. It's, like, kind of a long, con- convoluted story as to, like, how this happened. But basically, I tried to, like, get off of a sidewalk right by a bike path. But this but the street was under construction. And so there was this giant gap between the street and the sidewalk. But I couldn't see. It was right in our old neighborhood, Rachel. Um, oh, yeah? Uh, like, right behind it by the greenway. Um, yeah.
2: Oh. oh, yeah. That didn't... I feel like... I got in a minor crash on that entrance on the Greenway, um, by our old house. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. So it yeah. wasn't,
1: it was like a block away from that entrance, but the road was under construction, um, perpendicular to it because it's like this horrible street that's like been filled with potholes for forever. Um, it's 29th street. Um, yeah. and so I didn't, and it was pitch dark out there. There's not good lighting and yeah. I didn't, uh, cars were waiting for me to like get, you know, get off the sidewalk And there was a huge gap between the street and the sidewalk and I just bottomed out into the thing and just like, ugh. So anyways, my shoulders and neck are really sore, but I have a appointment with my magic body healer. She does, I don't know what it's officially called, but I I call it yoga body work. Mm -hmm. Um, It's different than a massage, but she's like healed me in so many magical ways. So she- thankfully fit me in on Monday. Um, so I'm going to go see her. Good. Good. Um, yeah. Cause otherwise I'm, I'm moving. I'm like literally moving this weekend uh, into my new place. Yeah. But, um, it's actually, I was a little worried about it, but then my cousin who is like also an athlete and like injures herself said it was good that I was moving. Cause if I would have just laid on the couch, I would have got, it would have just stiffened up. Right. Know? So right. it was actually good that I was doing some moving, um, and totally. My partner took like a lot of that. I swear he's moved like half the house by himself. He's been yeah. like, super wonderful. So, yeah. Shout out to him.
2: Cool. Um, well yeah, well good luck with everything. Well, obviously, I am w- glad to know that you're okay, but that that's super scary. Crashes think, yeah. are
1: okay. No can good. I yeah. um can I just say one more thing? I wanted to respond to your the Black Lives yeah. Mattering or not mattering. I yeah. had just my my perspective, which was I was surprised by um, not getting pushback, but my students just didn't say much at all yeah. this week. Um, and I'm trying to think through, like, why that is, because the last couple of years people have been um, more vocal about it. And I don't know if it's I mean, what I added to our class, because we were talking about news coverage in general was like, it's very interesting that after all these years, the news media still has this be headline news. Cause usually the news media will cycle through and like, you know, think it's an issue for 30 days and then right. bring it back up. So it's, it is significant that it's staying as headline news, um, through these many years. And unfortunately it's still happening. Yeah. But I was really perplexed by people's silence.
2: This- Do you think that people are just desensitized to it? And feel like it's commonplace and like do you think that I mean because it fucking is commonplace I mean but do you think that there's like a desensitization happening
1: it's either desensitization or I think the other thing I was thinking of besides that was um you know I've been teaching at the school since Michael Brown um yeah and when that's happened, people were just starting to figure out like where they stood on the issue and like still trying to figure out all this stuff. And I think now people are like in their silos and, um, I aren't really like confused by it anymore or
2: that's, I think that's probably a good, a a good analysis of the situation. yeah. Yeah.
1: And also with the situation in Tulsa where the guys hands were up very clearly. Right. Um, like, what is there to argue about? You know? right. Um, right. And so instead, what I've done with this time or my teaching stuff is I've just like, I used to like not want to get into people's business, but now I just like email my black students and I'm just like, are you okay? Like, sorry mm. to hear about this. Or I'll leave them feedback on a paper or something. Like, yeah. Um,
2: Because. Interesting. Have you felt, and you feel like, are they responsive to that? Your, yeah. Your... Well,
1: yeah, I mean, yes, one one student is very responsive to it. And I didn't realize she seems to be, like, an, um, very much in line with Black Lives Matter, like, politically. Um, yeah. And I didn't know that. But so I checked in with her. Um, and then my other two students are male. And they just said, yeah, I'm doing okay. And I don't know. I mean, I don't need them to come to me and, like, you know, I'm not... Um, suggesting that there's like a therapy session with me because I have no idea it's just one of those like I I feel you I'm checking in with you
2: right well just you know. like what well, yeah it's like when we um talked about Orlando and like people checking in with their queer friends like mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. you know it's uh and Latinx friends in particular um I think it it should be you know I I just I have a lot of fear of like overstepping my bounds and like you know being being the you know whatever the white lady trying to whatever but but also like we know there's there's so much um trauma that people experience by seeing this shit in the news every day particularly if you're a black person in america um so so yeah i think it's good that you do that
1: and i guess also it opens up a door because i don't want to i don't really we've talked about this rachel i don't know if on the podcast or or outside of it but like how do you write this kind of stuff into a syllabus or a policy? Like, I feel like if that happens, you know, if a, a shooting happens, you know, and you need a couple days to, like, process. Yeah. I feel like that is a legitimate totally. reason to miss homework or need an extension. Totally. Um, And so I'm still trying to figure out how to work that in a policy. So right now what I'm doing is I'm just doing individual check-ins. And it yeah. at least opens up a door so then... I can just say like, oh, if you need a couple days, um, I understand. Um, right. Because I know, I mean, just talking to my black friends, um, like they, there's clearly like check-ins that happen internally, but also like I was just walking down the hallway at school the other day, thinking like, God, my poor student, like he looks like all the people that get killed. Like, what? Yeah. How how can you even like process life knowing that you could walk outside and do nothing and and like die? I know. Like that is just like horrific and so yes of course I'm like I like feel compelled to check in with him because if I want to worry about him I might as well just like let him know that I'm thinking of him right and that's why I said like I don't give a fuck anymore about the boundary thing yeah for this particular reason because it's not about like it's a different it's like okay it's like life or death you know yeah like so when another killing happens what students pop in my head it's like oh my god you know, just, like, right. thinking of what would happen if it was one of my students is just, like, I can't even, you know? Totally, totally. So that's I why it's just, like, okay, this is, like, getting, this is insane. Like, now yeah. you can just be, not that I'm saying any of these killings are justified. Right. But it's just, they're just mounting, and my student could just, like, be killed in the the city that where the school is in is not very um, racially diverse. And so yeah. I worry about them getting pulled over. and. yeah. Um, yeah, so don't give a fuck. Yeah, I just worry about my students. So
2: right, no, I I support that. Um, yeah, well, um, we have been talking a lot. This is a long intro, and we have an interview to get to. So should we uh, on sort of a heavy note transition <laughs> into
1: another heavy um, note? Another
2: uh, heavy note, but there's some there's some levity because we get to hear an amazing 15 year old mm. woman um talk about like how to resist this stuff. So it's heavy because slut shaming sucks and contributes to a whole host of horrible things in the world. Um but there's young women fucking like standing up to it. So should we get to
1: Lizzie? Yes, without further ado. <laughs>
0: about to break before you understand that your double standards don't mean to me i know exactly what you say when i turn and walk away but that's okay because i don't let it get to me now every move i make somebody's clocking so ask me nothing will you just leave me alone never mind who's the guy that i took
1: home <inaudible> oh magic of podcasting we're back okay. hello everybody um today we are so grateful to have this amazing guest with us Lizzie, who is a uh, junior in high school people, a junior, also a Girl Scout. Um, So pretty much like the coolest person I know currently. I'm like so excited to talk with her Mm -hmm. and hear more about her. Um, So and being in New York City, I wish I was as a teenager. I wish I lived in New York City. Lizzie, you're already the coolest. But um, can you tell us one more fun fact about you besides being in high school and being a Girl Scout in New York City?
3: Um. I play the nose flute, which oh. is a—it's uh, it, an interesting talent.
2: <laughs> what does that just... look? How how big is a What is that? Does, how is it
3: distinct from a normal flute? It, it's it's really a little like it's a little whistle thing that you just <laughs> you put.
2: Do you put it like? Do you play it honestly with your nose, or is it just called that?
3: It's kind of, it's more of like you use the uh, breath that comes out of your nose for like the sound. Cool. Yeah, it,
2: it, it's the strangest thing ever. That's awesome, though. Is that part of, or do you play that, like, in your
3: school orchestra? I don't think any orchestra will ever have a nose oh, flute. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> you should
2: start a band and make nose flute a predominant feature in the band. <laughs> That's, That's, like, really hip in, like, the indie world, like, a weird
1: instrument. Like, that'd be great. Um, And Um, before we go any further, I just want to do our pronoun go-around that we do with guests, so we're all on the same page. Um, So, I'm Melody. I use she, her. I'm Rachel. I use she, her
2: pronouns.
1: I'm Lizzie, and I also use she, her. Great. Cool. Thanks. Perfecto. So, we brought Lizzie on the show Because um, she got in touch with us and we just started chatting. And Lizzie is a Girl Scout, and um, as I've already said. But she's also doing, because of the Girl Scouts, and she can tell us a little bit more about this, is doing like a capstone project um, that involves uh, slut shaming and putting an end to slut shame. So I just want to have a conversation with her today about what it's like to be a Girl Scout in 2016. Because I was once a Girl Scout. Rachel, were you once a Girl Scout? I only made it to brownies. Oh, me too. Well, I think I made it to the green vest for a while for a little bit. And then I don't know what happened. Um, so what it's like to be a Girl Scout. And then also, we want to hear more about her project. And I know there's a public engagement and public education element to it. So we really want to make sure we get the word out about Lizzie's project and tap all of our listeners into her work. Totally. All right. So Lizzie, just a real small question for you. What's it like to be a Girl Scout in 2016? Tell us your history.
3: Uh, so I just joined Girl Scouts, and I was in the when I was in middle school, which is much older than most girls start. Uh, there was a troop of school, and I was like, "Let's do this." Mm-hmm. And most people think when you're a Girl Scout, it's you sell cookies all day. Mm-hmm. When when really, cookie selling is barely anything. We don't really we do it for like two weeks, and that's kind of it. It's really more about now kind of girls' education and kind of girl power and being a sister to all other females and really a lot of teaching girls to kind of take control of themselves and their futures. It's just a great program, I
2: feel like. That's awesome. That's definitely not the way it was framed back when Melody and I were youngsters. I mean, it, it had a community service element to it, but it, at least in my experience, and I would love people of Melody and my generation to like challenge that. But it seems like it's gotten a lot more um, sort of activist oriented and empowerment oriented, um, which is really, really, really cool.
1: Would you agree with that, Melody, that it's... I was just concerned about, like, collecting all the patches. Collecting all the patches. Right, right. Yeah, totally. Totally. (laughs) just wanted all the patches. Right. And also, we went to camp, and I'm an introvert, and uh, me going to camp was just, like, not all that fun. So I remember, like, it being, like, very, like you know, girls, let's go swimming. And I just like really wasn't into that. Um, I think I've like many things in my life. I think if I would have stuck with it a little bit longer, you know, when you get older, cause Lizzie joined in middle school. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's like basically when I dropped yep. out. So I bet you, you know, if I would have stuck with it, um, things would have changed a little bit, but also it like was not cool to be in Girl Scouts either. Like after middle school, you're kind of a, yeah. a dweeb.
2: In our in our experience. But I don't it doesn't seem yeah, like that's what the about case that?
1: these
3: days. I still like that. <laughs> but I love the girls I do it with, so I just stick along and it's also just a great program, I feel like. It really teaches me a lot and I feel like it's really a great idea to for older girls to inspire younger girls. Totally, totally. It seems like a great program
2: in terms of leadership, mentorship, um, activism, empowerment, all the things you just said. That sounds really, really cool. Um, and I also like the Girl Scouts came on my radar again because of. Um, I'm trying to get this right. I know for one, they're inclusive of transgender girls, which is like really cool. It's
0: amazing.
2: And two, something I'm trying to remember if the situation, I think, I think there was like a big push for vegan cookies and you guys started making vegan cookies. Melody and I are both vegan, so that's like a big deal. Isn't that right? Am I imagining? Yeah. That? Yeah. Yeah. So two two things that came on my radar in terms of my interests, and and so that's that's super awesome. So, yeah. So cool. And you, as part of all these like really great activities uh, that you all do as Girl Scouts, one of them is this kind of capstone project. So before you sort of explain what you decided to do with that, like what were the sort of directions and parameters for for this this thing? Uh, the the goal.
3: Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly the goal I just okay.
2: yeah
3: <laughs> oh no it's, it's pretty it's very similar uh, a gold award is the highest award a Girl Scout can receive it's a community service based project where you have to do at least 80 hours for an issue which will affect the community the whole point of the project is to affect and reach as many people as possible to make the most of an impact cool That's great. Because so often, you know,
2: projects, and I think this happens even in my college classes when I'm teaching college, like, we do these projects that have really good ideas, but then they never actually get out into the community and and actually have that outreach element. So that's really cool. And
1: what are, um, (laughs) what are some of the other projects that other young women do for this award?
3: There's a lot of people who find these uh, droughts and these floods and these natural disasters, and they kind of do a lot of food and clothing drives, which is very necessary. And then you also have it's a lot of just awareness awareness projects for mental health mm-hmm. and autism, and a lot of it's a lot of people picking these issues, which not a lot of people are going are going to say, "I want to focus on this." It's a lot of taking it's a lot of either you're kind of doing community service or you're picking topics which are considered a bit taboo mm-hmm. and kind of just pushing for it and you have to it's really things that people really need to be educated more on
2: which brings Definitely. us which brings us to slut shaming <laughs> so yeah tell us a little bit about how you chose to do a project on slut shaming or maybe first so, def- define it for us what is slut shaming
3: Slut-shaming is criticizing a woman for her dress or her real or presumed sexual activity. Uh, I really can go for from just someone telling a woman that she's a slut because he doesn't think she's, or anyone, really thinking that she's not dressed appropriately, mm-hmm. or just assuming anything about a woman due to her sexual activities or her, her lack thereof.
2: Mm-hmm. So kind of like she's damned if she does, she's damned if she doesn't.
3: Yeah. uh, Yeah. Breakfast Club had a quote and it's like, it's a trap. You're either, you're Mm -hmm. a prude if you do it or a slut, uh, no, it's a a slut if you do it or a prude if you don't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's double-stand. Totally. Exactly.
2: And what brought you, so what made you decide that you had an interest in that? Like what drove you to thinking this was important? I mean, we obviously agree that it's important, but do you want to say more about why Why you thought so? Yeah.
3: I was really thinking about this project. I knew I kind of had to do it, and I was just thinking of what are some topics that really need help, and the whole animal abuse and autism and all that kind of came, to, came through my mind, but then I really wondered, I wanted about problems that really have to do with young women mm-hmm. and then I kind of went mm-hmm. through the whole this list of problems that young women face and then slut shaming was a huge one and I felt that it really is not well known and people just do it and have no idea what they're doing it's real it's the media either makes fun of it or they totally avoid the topic in general and I felt that's kinda of, that's really what I needed to do my project on
1: that's excellent. And did you do some research on, like, the slut walk movement that was happening for a couple of years? I know it still is going on in some spaces, yeah. but it really became, like, a big explosion.
3: Yeah. Amber Rose, I love her. Yeah, I'm actually <laughs> in the process of becoming a partner with them and oh. having them be on, on their website, which is super exciting. I'm really pumped for that. That's amazing. Yeah, they were kind of one of the uh, one of my influences, and then you had the uh, stop, and then you had the Stop Slut Coalition, which also my sister was a part of, and that kind of brought my eyes to the issue. And then mm-hmm. you have um, Emily Emily Linden and the UnSlut Project, and those are kind of mm-hmm. my three driving factors. That I kind of felt like this is a great issue to focus on because people need to know about it, and there's great work being done. Totally. Can you tell us so more? Can we- go oh. ahead.
1: Go ahead, oh, Mel. Go ahead. Nope. I bet you we have the same question. You say it.
2: <laughs> I wanted to know if you could tell us more of examples that you feel like you witness either firsthand or your friends um, either, you know, in high school or just, you know, walking through New York City, like examples of slut shaming that you've that you've experienced that you see people actually endure and like just a little more some more examples.
3: Okay, so this is a huge one that kind of reaches high school females, is this idea of a dress code. Mm. I-, I would have really no problem with a dress code if they were saying that this is a school building and we want everyone to kind of dress in a official and business kind of way. Mm-hmm. But this whole idea that school administrators are telling girls—and I've been told this multiple times—that I should not be dressing in a way because I'm distracting the
2: boys—that
3: oh. really, I—it it, it, I, I it it frustrates me to no end. It's enraging. It really. That really. It's ugh, enraging. Disgusting. It, it is. Really feed, Go yeah, ahead. It really feeds. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> It really feeds into rape culture and the idea that the woman is to blame for the for. So if the boy is being distracted, it's my fault instead of maybe teaching a guy to kind of control himself. It's really this whole. It really feeds into rape culture, and that's another huge part of slut shaming of victim blaming and the disgusting actions that go along with that. It is even looking at the news, you have that whole Brock Turner thing, which everyone's like, Oh, she's asking for it. Uh, it's mm. disgusting.
2: Completely. I mean, we definitely, obviously, definitely agree mm. with that. And, um, yeah, it's, yeah, slut shaming and rape culture certainly, uh, are, you know, go hand in hand. Um, do you want to elaborate any more on, on rape culture? So we have this you know, culture where we blame the victim, we don't believe the victim, um, any other characteristics?
3: Uh, God, how do I get, how do I define something like that?
2: Yeah, Um, big.
3: It's really that.
2: Go ahead. yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Lizzie.
3: It's really just the way that society blames the victims and kind of normalizes this male sexual violence, it's really mm-hmm. kind of ju- it's totally. justifying all the actions which society really. There is no reason that society should find it okay. It's it just plays out and every day every day and it's a lot of people just disgustingly disregarding it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and there's something about like on top of that, like women having to like just accept rape culture as like the status quo Um, and something about like, if you do say that you've been raped or harassed or assaulted, that it's like, it's going to screw you over though, the victim, not the perpetrator. Um, And, and with that, I should just have a side note that like, we are very aware that um, people other than those identifying as women are victims of rape. Um, But it just often um, comes to fruition a lot with, you know, female women, and men being the perpetrators. But yes, um, I just want to acknowledge that there's other um, other people that become victims as well.
3: Yeah. Yeah. All, all
1: that to say that it's like this perpetuation of like male sexual violence is normalized, like with your dress code at school. You know, what do you what do you expect? Boys are going to be boys, you know. Um, if you don't want to be harassed, then don't wear your mini skirts, um, or I don't know, like sweatshirts because boys will harass you no matter what you're wearing. Right. Um, and just this like, yeah, this like understanding that women just have to take it and you best not complain about it. Cause nothing's going to happen if you do.
2: And, right? and I, I mean, completely it's, it is, it's so gross. And I'm just thinking back to your comment about, you know, these these faculties, adult faculty members talking to students about what they're wearing. And like, if you, if I had, you know, so a male principal tell me that I was tempting boys, like that is so gross. It's so gross because that you are then being sexualized by that adult adult, you know, and that's so wrong in so many ways. Um, and again, puts the onus on, on women most often disproportionately rather than the onus Mm -hmm. on telling like the, both the faculty member and the quote unquote, you know, sexually wild boys to, you know, (laughs) keep it together. Rachel,
1: you've, um, you've experienced this too, right? In the workplace. Completely. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, in high school, I didn't, um, I, I didn't wear, I've, I I. never got sent home. There were occasions that, you know, a skirt was maybe of a questionable length. Um, you know, leggings, like sort of yoga pant type leggings, spandex things weren't really in fashion at that point. But had they been, I would have worn them because I wear them all the time now. And I think it's ridiculous that those are also like banned in a lot of dress codes. Um, but now when I became an adult and actually tapped into my gender identity more, which is I'm very femme presenting, so I... Um, wear a lot of skirts and heels and sometimes things that are tight and et cetera, et cetera and um yeah i've had uh I've had coworker higher ups um basically people who are more or less my boss um, make comments about what I was wearing and make comments about you know what do you what do you think the students are gonna think when they see you walk in the room and you know things like that and it's like, well, maybe they should like not be you know sexualizing me just because I'm wearing high heels or just because I'm wearing a skirt, like that, that wasn't an invitation for them to not think about the class. It was just what I'm choosing to wear today. So I really feel that.
3: Yeah. I remember being in middle school at the age of like 12 and being told this. And well, I I think back and I was like, I'm, I was 12 years old. That's it. That's really just, I'm 15 now and it's still kind of, it's still disgusting, but back to yeah. telling a sixth grader at the age of 12. Yeah. It's impulsive. Yeah,
2: completely, completely.
1: Mm. So uh, Lizzie, so, so we have this issue of slut shaming. You're trying to address it through your project and you're, and you have connections to these larger slut shaming organizations who are trying to, and slut-shaming, what, are, what is your project specifically doing to address this stuff? Like, how can we help spread your message and, you know, get your ideas out there? Tell us more about that.
3: Well, my project has two components. One is a website, which is kind of really showing examples of slut-shaming in the media and kind of explaining what one can do to end it. Uh, that is uh, sluthoreandnothingmore.com. Dot com. Yes. Love it.
1: Yes. <laughs>
3: Love it. Okay, sorry.
1: Continue. <laughs> <laughs> and then
3: <laughs> and then I have I was kind of like I need to do more on this project. The website amassed around 3000 followers and then I'm like what am I going to do with this? Then mm-hmm. I kind of created a pledge and the pledge is called End the Shame, End the Blame, a pledge to end slut shaming it's on change.org it's really it kind of sets out the guidelines of what of how one can act not allow themselves to be degraded but also not to degrade others
2: which is the component that's missing so often in these conversations right so yeah kudos to like being like hey instead of talking about how we defend ourselves Let's talk about how to not have perpetrators do that shit in the first place. So Mm -hmm. good for you. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just think that that's so important and so often ignored. (laughs) Oh, no. comment (laughs) made me feel nice. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, well, those are both great um, forms of outreach. I mean, Tumblr is a a really amazing site for education. I mean, a, a lot of my students say that they've learned you know, more from Tumblr than they have in certain classes, and I'm like, all right, well, you <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, so that's awesome, um, and yeah, and the pledge, the pledge sounds really important, too, to hopefully make people think about, um, you know, the kinds of things they're saying, the kind of, um, you know, policies they're making in their workplaces, the kind, you know, ways they're treating and talking to their daughters and their sons, and, um, and any other gender identity of their children, and, um yeah, that sounds great and we're we're really excited to um to be a part of distributing those things and trying to spread the word on that. Really means a lot, thank you. Yeah, totally. Um Mel, what else do we
1: wanna talk to Lizzie about? Well, I was just curious, um, for those who I know Rachel just listed off a bunch of them, but in your pledge, what are some things that people can do to kind of stop the slut shaming of other people?
3: Uh, sorry, my uh, audio kind of cutting out. Can you repeat that? Oh, sure. Yeah. That happens to us all the time. Um, Don't worry. (laughs) Yeah. It's 2016, but you know,
1: we haven't gotten a clear (laughs) connection. Um, yeah. So I was just wondering if you could could explain a little bit more about in your pledge, the ways that you ask people to, um, help stop the slash shaming. So like, what are some things that onlookers or whatever, you know, people can do to to help stop the shaming?
3: Uh well the main whole thing is just treating others with respect. Mm-hmm. It really just it really is not to call anyone a slut. That's a really other broad point.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And just not even to call it call anyone a slut jokingly because that kind of mm. only makes
0: it
3: allowable to call anyone a slut in any sort of way. Mm-hmm. because a joke kind of starts escalating a bit too far often totally. and then yeah. and then it really goes on to the fact that also about sticking up for those who are being slut shamed and really not accept that it's okay for them to be slut shamed and that that's just the way it's going to be because if we just allow this off this problem to keep on going then it's only going to progress and get worse while if we're preventing it it's only decreasing the problem and it's really another big part is just to not accept this double this society. well the media's double standard between men and women really goes to the fact that a a guy often a guy will have sex with a woman and then he's called a stud and then he's really rooted on like go you Mm -hmm. and then a woman she has sex she's she becomes a social pariah she's she's called a slut she's she's considered like trashy she's mm-hmm. It's really that there's a huge double standard and until we can't we as a society begin to pick up and call others out on this double standard, it's not gonna be changed
2: totally yeah I mean. I like, want to give you a standing ovation. Totally agree. Yep. Um,
1: <laughs> well said, well yeah, said,
2: totally. Thank um, you. yeah. Can you, are there any, um, media examples that, cause Melody and I are both really into media analysis. So can you think of, you mentioned Amber Rose, yes. are there other cases in the media that stick out to you as either examples of this, of, of slut shaming, or maybe examples of people challenging slut shaming that, you know, some of your favorite, um, celebrities that are trying to speak up, other than Amber Rose, um, or, or maybe some other cases where you're like, here we go again.
3: Yeah. Uh, one. Well, the kind of poster child for slut shaming is probably Taylor Swift. Mhm. People may have their problems with her, but people. One cannot deny the fact that the media has dragged her through dirt. Totally. It, oh yeah, she's a new guy this week. Oh, Taylor's a slut. Taylor's this. Why, do, why would, does someone need to care about what she is doing? Right. She, and then she's kind of sticking up for it. She's really into this, she's really a strong feminist. She's going into this whole female empowerment thing and she's not accepting this. Uh, what's mm-hmm. that song, Shake It Off? That's really kind of an anti-slut shaming, that's a theme song. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> why, does, why does society's opinion matter? Because it's her life. And then mm-hmm. you also have, then you have Kim Kardashian, another person who others just may not a- approve of some of her choices, but she's really en- just been trashed all over. Yeah. Well, her whole her whole fame has kind of been set off from this sex tape, mm-hmm. but people just constantly reference it as, oh, Kim, look at her, she's a, she's a whore. It's it's just really why is society doing this? Yeah, I mean, and especially I think
2: in the cases of people who talk about her sex tape or talk about her being naked, like, the reason she got famous off of a sex tape is because there were so many people that watched that sex tape. So, like, why are we not, like, also talking about the fact that, you know... yeah she was in one she had sex on camera like many people have sex and sometimes they film it sometimes they don't whatever um but you know it it takes two to make a sex tape famous right it takes two parties involved and so I'm not shaming the people who watched it either you know she if she consented to put it out there that's fine obviously but but it's also like there's a missing piece here if we're talking about like this you know this sort of Uh, the impact of this. Like there's all the people who watch it and engage with it too. It's not just the person who was like on the tape. So yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. And she continues to, to, you know, try to fight back against that with continuing to post topless selfies and stuff. And I think more power to her. So yeah, yeah.
1: she's definitely the other thing that Lizzie is kind of highlighting too, is that these women like know what they're doing. Like they're Mm -hmm. very smart. Um, Like, I listen, this sounds really wild, but I was listening to Kim Kardashian. She was, she got interviewed on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, this really like boring news quiz show on NPR. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was kind of like everybody was kind of making a joke that Kim Kardashian was going to be on this like nerdy show. And they asked her about her selfie book. But like, she is very smart. Like, she knows what she's doing. Um, And I think people were actually really blown away by like, how smart she is as if like, you can't be sexual, sexy, and smart at the same time. Like right. it's like those things don't somehow go together. So right.
3: every time Kim Kardashian <laughs> posts a topless selfie, she's only making more millions for herself. Right. Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. And yeah, she does. She has a lot of, obviously has a lot of business savvy and, um, yeah, I wouldn't, I just would reiterate that Mel that it's, it's a shame that, those those characteristics, like sexy and smart like are are so delinked in our in our sort of popular representations in in media and culture um and that's exactly what it sounds like Lizzie you're trying to fight against also yeah that's great it's just
3: time after time,
2: yeah, it's so important, and it's uh um, in in a class that I teach a sex and gender class I teach I teach this book Yes Means Yes Have you heard of that book Jessica Valenti edited it um, Yeah the editors Yeah so I I love that idea of you know part of this is you know creating a, a sex positive culture rather than a sex negative culture and um, you know I'm curious just like since you actually are a 15 year old girl who has friends that are 15 year old girls you know do you, do you feel like, so you have your Girl Scout friends who are probably on board with this given the way you describe them, but do you feel like in general, like, young women your age are kind of on board with this? Do you think young men are are on board with this? You know, what's your general, obviously, bad slut-shaming examples happen, you've just described that, but what do you think about maybe some, I guess I'm just, like, hoping for some positive stories of, like, oh, yeah, a, a lot of my friends are all about this or something like that.
3: It's really just a mixed audience. I have a lot of friends who are like, go you, really, that's what you're doing is great. But then this, I posted about the uh, pledge on my Instagram, and then I was getting these complete strangers commenting on my mm. post saying, oh, this one that really stuck out to me was this one girl, and she's like, I'm 13 years old and I'm slut-chained all the time. You have to learn to get over it. Oh, my goodness. And it struck me. And I'm like, you are 13 years old. You should not be accepting this. Right. And just a ton of random people just saying, oh, just get over it. Maybe maybe you this happens because you're a slut. Ugh. And it's been a lot of people saying that, but then there's been tons of people who just like, oh, I love what, what you're doing. And people just people sharing this from all over the world it's it it's just really a good representation of what society has to offer because you have these people who are not going to be who are just not going to accept it and they're going to continue fighting against the inequality and then you have those who are perpetrating it because if a lot of the times in the media if someone, I think Amy Schumer did this recently. She stood up against her slut shamers, and then of course she becomes an online meme of people just making fun of feminists. Right. It. It's yeah. like you can't please everyone, but overall, I feel like I've been getting a lot of positive. Rece- um, I've been getting a lot of positive views towards it
2: it's really brave of you to put yourself out there about something like this on the internet because the women on the internet are notoriously always going to be harassed, particularly if they're talking, you know, if they're feminist identified women or if they're talking about a topic that um, is anything, you know, sort of controversial. So I mean, it's really, Melody and I have talked a lot about, you know, what our lives would have been like if we had, we didn't have Facebook when we were in high school. And, you know, how, how that would have looked differently. And so it's just, I really commend you for, for, for taking that risk of putting yourself out there like that. Because um, it's, yeah, and, and I'm sorry that you have to bear the brunt of the
3: vile misogynist internet. <laughs> but. Well, the more I kind of fight those people, the better society will eventually be. So you have to deal with the haters to... Kind of make things better. That's totally, just
2: you're, you're fighting the good fight. That's for sure. I oh, hope well, getting... All right.
1: So I think um, we should probably wrap it up. Yeah, although that we, was... could, like, keep keep know, we could like I know we could keep going for forever,
2: time. but that was yeah. We're again, we're just so glad we got to hear more about the project, and we're excited to continue to.
3: Is there a deadline on this, by the way? Like
2: a oh yeah.
3: Uh, I need to have my like binder which kind of has all my evidence and like kind of shows what I've been doing by January 30th. Oh great. Okay. But I, okay. I'm going to continue the project for as long as I, ha- I as long as I really can because right. why should I end something that's doing good?
2: Right, totally. Totally. Awesome. Well, thank you again for talking to us about that. Um no, thank you for you yeah, to share. Totally. Shall we transition to the final segment of the show?
1: Yeah, R.W.L.N.
2: Okay. Great. So, who wants Rachel, to start? Rachel, our... you want to go first? Oh gosh, I honestly like—I'm barely prepared. I don't. Um, but sure, I'll start. Um, okay, what am I reading this week? I'm still reading that Dirty River memoir book that I talked about last week. But I'm also for class, um, uh, prepping. You know, for the classes I'm teaching, uh, reading. Uh, we're we're talking about the white savior complex in films on Wednesday. So we're reading an article about oh, um, the blind side and the way that a lot of movies depict uh, white people saving people of color and how that's problematic sometimes. So that's an article I'm reading for uh, class prep. Um, watching, watching. Um, uh, my partner was in this mode of like, uh, he he just finished grad school and moved away from the place he's been living for eight years. So feeling lots of feelings and feeling lots of emotions. So he decided some self care for him was just going to be like rewatching parks and rec from start to finish. So, um, I've been, Yeah. he just like has it on in the background, like constantly. So I've been watching some episodes of parks and rec with him and feeling, you know, and it's, it's, it, I really like that show. I think it's really delightful. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's great. And then listening, um, Frank ocean, mostly listening to the new Frank ocean. Um, it finally got on Spotify like a week or two ago. So I'm listening to that. So that's me. Who wants to go next?
1: I can go. Okay. Um, hi, I'm Melody. Just sorry. <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> I have my like support group jokes I throw in there sometimes. <laughs> Rachel's used to that. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh god. Okay. So I'm reading. I actually like this uh, theme, Rachel, of like what we're reading for class. Mm-hmm. I'm going to riff on that. Okay. Um, so I'm reading a lot about. Um, Marilyn Manson and Columbine because Mm -hmm. we are doing like media effects Mm -hmm. like in my intro class it's like how do people research the media and so we're looking into like media effects and cultural studies this week Mm -hmm. and I think a very clear example of media effects is like when Columbine was blamed on Marilyn Manson and violent video games. Mm Mm-hmm which now is like never trotted out as a reason. And so it's like a very clear, like how some of the stuff can get a little ridiculous. Yeah. So I went kind of down like a, like a rabbit hole of research today, like looking at all these like dated transcripts of Marilyn Manson in the nineties. And I really respect Marilyn Manson. I never was a huge fan of his work, but all my friends were really into him in middle school and high school. And, um, like, We had a, speaking of dress codes, Lizzie, when I was in middle school, there was a strict no goth, no Marilyn Mm. Manson dress code. Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Goth Yeah, because it incited violence. um, Mm. And of the, so like, God, it's, there's so many parallels, but it's like the the jocks would like pick fights with these young kids, you know? Right. And so to solve it, it was the Marilyn Manson people have to stop wearing their garb right. you know it's so, like no white it's getting picked on and then yeah
2: the outcast kids yeah right
1: right oh my god anyway so went down that rabbit hole today with reading um and i've been okay i watched an nfl game last night um because the packers played the vikings and in the midwest that's like the big rivalry um and i was kind of tuning in so i could like talk to my brothers about it because that's one of our like bonding tools is talking about the Packers but then nobody was online to like chat with me about it so oh, I was well, like uh. why am I even watching this and then people got injured and you know it's just a really dumb sport in a lot of ways no. <gasps> and then um, listening to I brought out Be- I've been really listening to like Beyonce and Rihanna like oh, like I have CDs I don't know if you know what those are but um, <laughs> I use CDs to listen to music <laughs> and I've been <laughs> like Swapping, especially I'm right now obsessed with Beyonce's Freedom song and Kendrick Lamar's uh verse in it. Mm-hmm. I think it's like so smart, and I and I hear something new every time I hear that verse, and I just love him. And I'm gonna just say one more thing. I'm listening to here in Minneapolis. I'm like really bummed because they're way overplaying um, Chance the Rapper's mm. No Problem song. Yeah. Like way overplaying it, and it's bothering me because i'm i don't want him to become like a one-hit rap star right. on accident because these stupid radio stations won't right stop playing the song i've never felt this way about a song but i'm like can you stop playing that because like it's an awesome song and you're gonna root ru- you know right. i don't want his career ruined because it gets totally that, get that, that one song gets saturated you know
2: yeah yeah because he, he performed that song on ellen too and i was like this is a He's going. Ooh. He's he's in a different realm now. Um, <laughs> Come on, Chance.
1: Come on back. Come on back <laughs> with
3: us. <laughs> you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so
2: well, time ahead. will tell. I think he has enough talent and fan base to not fade out like that. But but I, I hear you anyway. Yeah. So Lizzie, wrap us up. What are you reading, watching, okay. and listening to? Uh,
3: I've been reading "Chocolates for Breakfast" by Pamela Moore. It's kind of like a nineteen. It's nineteen fifties. Pre Sylvia Plath belt. It's like pre belt. It was the bell jar before the bell jar was the bell jar. Wow. Um, oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it was out of print for for like thirty years, and now it's kind of back out there. It's early feminist work. It's cool. It's pretty awesome. I I like it. I've tried to send it to my friends, and they're like, "This book is trash." <laughs> <laughs> but I liked it. That sounds great. Uh,
2: I want to add it to my reading list.
3: Yeah, we'll read it. Yeah. Yeah, just tell me what you think. Yeah, totally. Uh, I've been uh, I've been watching a lot of Gilmore girls kind of preparing for this <sighs> yes. revival. Yes, I'm so excited. I love Gilmore I girls. I can't pumped. wait. I'm so pumped. Yeah. And I've just kind of been binge watching that, kind of getting myself ready for this for November. And and then I have been listening to uh, Charlie Poof's album. I've never like one day, his song just came on the radio, and I'm like, I can dig this. So then I'd spot the whole album, and I've been, like, listening to it over and over again. I don't really think It's in that state where I don't really know if I love it or I hate it. <laughs> but until then, I'm just going to keep listening and listening. But then I feel like if I keep listening, it's only going to get really annoying. But <laughs> Yeah,
2: kind of like Mel was just saying. I don't think I know that artist, though. What kind of music is it? Like, what genre? Uh, it's, like,
3: it's just... Uh, poppy kind of stuff I'm usually not into that but it's like a bit it's not as bubblegum as a lot of the other stuff out so
2: yeah cool okay well I'll check it out I, 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 I like good pop music like yeah which some people think is the pop music I like isn't good it took me a long time to convince Melody that Justin Bieber was worthwhile for example um <laughs> but he has it yeah yeah <laughs> um great well that was a great roundup um melody anything else before we do our final final closing
1: no we just need to close out with lizzie yeah and do some more wayne's world podcast magic i'm so ready uh oh yeah okay great so we'll we'll close out you want to do well, Oh your... wait i don't need to do... wait we don't need we to don't do even need to do magic. we're not going to go in the future or to the past or th- I just really like doing the sounds. I, I know you. I know,
2: I know. But we don't really need to. We can just close it out with her and invite her into our into our closing. Yeah,
1: that's true. Okay, okay. So I'll we, find it. We'll have to do another episode sometime
2: where I can do the wings. I promise that'll happen again. Um, Thank you. So, Lizzie, we end the show by saying "WTF Power," which stands for Women Trans Fem Power, and we can attempt when we have guests on. Sometimes we attempt to all say it in unison. So maybe on the count of three we can all try to say wtf power melody do you want to count to count us down and we'll try yes. to say it you, yep you on board lizzie
1: yep i'm okay i'm ready great all right three two one w t
2: f power
0: Woo! Woo! yay Go and fall away, fall away, oh May the last one burn into flames Freedom, freedom Mary's I meditate for practice channel 9 news tell me I'm moving backwards eight blacks left is around the corner seven misleading statements by my persona six headlights waving in my direction 5-0 axing me, what's in my possession? Yeah! I keep running, jumping the aqua, that's fire hydrous and hazard. hazardous smoke alarms on the back of us for mama don't cry for me, ride for me, drive for me, live for me, for me Breathe for me, sing for me, honestly in me I can be more than I gotta be stole from me lie to me, nation, hypocrisy, gold on me Driving me wicked, my spirit inspired me like, yeah! Open correctional gates in high desert Open our mind as we cast away oppression Open the streets and watch our beliefs And when they carve my name inside the concrete I pray it for every Freedom, freedom, I can't move Freedom, cut me loose Freedom, freedom, where are you? Cause I need freedom too I break chains all by myself Won't let my freedom rot in hell I'ma keep running cause the winner winner don't don't quit